Welcome back to another episode of Not Even D2, the podcast covering Division Three sports through interviews with those involved in Division Three. Today will be our first episode talking about Division Three football, and I couldn't be more excited to do that with anybody else other than Cole Burgess, star receiver, just finished his career at SUNY Cortland, coming off a national championship. He has a lot of great stories talking about scoring the game-winning touchdown, the two-point conversion stop Cortland's defense had, and a very inspiring career that we get into dealing with COVID, injuries, suspensions. So definitely stay tuned to hear all about Cole's career and what he plans to do next. Appreciate you for tuning in to another episode and enjoy. I'm here with national champion Cole Burgess. How are we feeling today? Feeling good, man. How are you doing? Chilling, chilling. Um, I'm always interested to hear about how other schools are partying or enjoying their weekend. So what is Cortland like? Are you guys going to frats? Do you have a football house? Are there a lot of bars out there? Talk to me about that. Yeah, the football team, we mainly, after we get the win on Saturday, we'll go back to the football house. Um party there for a little bit usually have a mixer with another team or another couple teams and then go to the bar me personally I, I didn't really go out too much this last season or the season before but uh my freshman and sophomore year I definitely got was in the party scene a little bit word what, what was the reason for that change from freshman and sophomore to to junior and senior not partying oh, I just think I got it all out of my system and then I realized like that stuff's not gonna help me Help me achieve my goals so i was kind of focused on treating my body right treat my mind right and uh yeah i'm more of a homebody anyway so it worked out for me i feel you are a lot of the older guys on your team like homebodies or are they still partying hard ah, they definitely party hard the most most of the guys that are out there on saturday nights they enjoy it we're only allowed to go out on saturday nights so i don't blame them and yeah that a lot of the teams out on saturday nights going crazy yeah i respect that i respect it but Let's get into the roots. You're from a small city known as Greenwich in upstate New York. Um, talk to me about the atmosphere and the sports life in Greenwich. Yeah, uh, Greenwich, like I said, is, is not really much of a city, small town. I graduated with about 60 kids, so very small, very small graduating class. And and the sports is what, what runs Greenwich, you know, uh, it's not very big, but we, we do have good sports. Uh, our football team's been good since I've been there, and then they they still been good since I left. And uh, baseball's been solid, basketball's been solid, but overall, yes, sports is what is kind of like the heart of the town. So, are those games like packed when the teams are good? Whole city come out or town, as you would say? Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember when I was younger, the basketball team was actually really good, and I, I remember Friday nights like you had to get there way before the games if you want to get a seat and the student section and the crowd was electric and they were and they were really good so that was those were like key memories for me and then when I was playing football everybody showed out on, on Friday nights and uh yeah definitely when we're good that people are going to be showing up yeah word so obviously you were a dominant football player you won class d player of the year you were all state two times in your career but you're also a stud on the baseball field you were all state three times so what was the recruitment process like you, for you coming out of Greenwich? Were you getting recruited for both sports? What schools were involved and what ultimately stood out about Cortland? 
Yeah, so I was I really wanted to go to college to play football. Um, I was getting recruited a lot for football. I don't remember being recruited too much for baseball, or maybe I was, but I just don't really – I didn't really care too much about baseball. But the the reason I went to Cortland is because the uh, baseball coach actually recruited me originally. They weren't even recruiting me for football. And then the baseball coach reached out to the football coach, said, hey, we got a guy, and I think he's going to be pretty good for football. They watched the film, and they realized I would, I would help the team. And, yeah, so I started playing football and baseball there my first year and then just uh, – Strictly football after that. Word. So as a freshman, you're playing both sports, probably your first time being away from home, dealing with a new workload, meeting a bunch of new people. I can only imagine what it's like being a dual sport athlete. I'm only playing one sport. So what was it like being a dual sport athlete at Cortland in your first year? It was a lot, you know, going from being with the football team in the fall to being with the baseball team in the spring. It was definitely a, a lot. And then the switch when I changed sports. Um, joining the baseball team late kind of was a kind of it was different for me because they were playing in since they were bonding since the fall. So I joined late and I was kind of just that the new kid. And and uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't they didn't mind me. They actually took me in. But overall, it was just it was a little bit too much. So that's why I was like, I just kind of want to stick with one sport, put all my time and energy in the football. And and it worked out in the long run. I noticed that you didn't get as much playing time in, on the baseball field. Do you think like the coaches didn't have like that trust in you because you weren't around or you just weren't as good? Yeah, it was probably a little bit of both. I mean, I wasn't really bought into baseball at all, so I, I didn't really work towards it as hard as I could. I also had a, a shoulder problem, so I was out a lot of the season uh, with a torn labrum. But uh, yeah, overall, I just wasn't really bought in to the baseball program as much as the football program, so I wasn't really hungry to get on the field. I got on the field a little bit, but and I was a young – a lot of the freshmen didn't play too, too much. So, that was just kind of how the how it went with the baseball team. Yeah. So, let's get back into the football talk. Um, obviously, in your first year, you were first team all eight, but as a return specialist, not as a receiver. So, what were the early few uh, years of college football like for you? And do you have any, like, welcome to college football moments? Uh. Well, I'd say my first welcome to college football moment was my first game when I took like an end around sweep and I got cleaned up and it was just big, one of the biggest hits I took as a college athlete. But uh, yeah, it was, I got my first, uh, I got my name known when I, uh, they put me back there on kick return. I was one of the fastest guys on the team. So they wanted to try to find a way to give me the ball. And I think we had a scrimmage against somebody or, or I forgot what it was, but I took a couple like back to midfield and then they realized that I was pretty dangerous back there. And then, the second game of the season, I took one to the house and that kind of like opened the floodgates of the game. And we ended up winning that game. And I took another one to the house later in the season. And I ended the season as a all region, all conference returner. So that was kind of like my welcome to college football, put my name in the uh, record books as a returner. And then after that, it was uh, a lot of receiver. I still return a little bit, but at, uh, my focus went to receiving mostly. Yeah. What are you looking at as a returner? So, the ball's so high and you can't really see where the defense is coming from. How, like, talk to me about the, the reaction time you got to have and then what, what you're actually looking for when you receive the ball on the kickoff or punt return. Yeah, kickoff's a lot easier than punt return. Punt return, you're back there all alone. The ball's up there super high and you got guys coming right in your face and you got to have your best judgment. You got to be, you got to have, you got to have a big set of balls to be able to back there, be back there and catch that ball and not worry about getting hit. But uh, kickoff is, you got time. You catch the ball. It's up there for a little bit, but you got time to like evaluate the situation 
And then really for kickoff, all you got to do is you got to find the best hole and you got to hit it as hard as you can. You can't really be back there tiptoeing. And then kind of the same thing for punt return. If you're not going to fair catch it, you got to catch it and you got to find a hole and you got to hit it. And that's 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 what I was doing. I, I was mainly a kick returner. My sophomore year, I did a little punt return, but I ended up muffing a punt and that uh, took me out of there real quick. But, yeah, uh, they lose trust in you quick after that one. Yeah, you lose trust in yourself when you do that, too. That takes a lot out of you. But, uh, yeah, so I, I really stuck stuck mainly to kick returning. Word. So we talked about how early on you were mostly just a return specialist. But in your sophomore year, you got known as first team all eight as a receiver as well. So what did you have to work on to prove to your coaches and show that you're like a top receiver and you deserve um, getting plays at, at that position as well? Yeah, the big thing was definitely just knowing the playbook, knowing that having the coaches know that I knew what I was doing and that they didn't have to worry about me messing up any of the plays or anything like that. But uh, another big thing was just being a consistent playmaker. I felt like my hands were always really good. So I just wanted to be able to catch the ball whenever the quarterback, it was Brett Segal at the time, whenever he threw me the ball. And uh, I think I did a pretty good job of that, just being that consistent receiver. He could always trust and the coaches could always trust. And and then my speed was a big factor too. You know, I could run by a guy and then they had to respect that. So then we could just take the underneath routes. But yeah, it was de definitely knowing the plays, knowing the plays and just catching the football was the biggest thing for me. Word. So I feel like we could talk a lot about um, your career, things of that nature. I want to take you to the 2021 season. Well, a little before that, the 2020 year, during COVID, you're in college trying to have fun. You ultimately throw a party that gets you suspended for the next two semesters. So you won't be in school. You won't be able to play football the next year of 2021. What were your thoughts during that suspension and what were you doing during that time? Yeah, that suspension, I say to this moment, that was like the biggest changing point in my life. Like I, I grew the most during that suspension as a as a man, as a football player, as just a person in general. Um, it was tough because we lost the 2020 season. Everybody lost that because of COVID. And then I had to lose the next season. So I was out for two whole seasons, which it was, I, I learned patience through all of it because I knew eventually I was going to get back out there. So the whole time I'm just working and working and working. That's all I was doing. And I, I remember just thinking about it every day. I had a journal. I would always be writing stuff like manifesting things. And and I was just always thinking about the end goal, which was that I was going to be back there eventually. And I just had to make sure I, I made the most of the suspension. Like if they were going to keep me out of school, then what I'm going to do is just work even harder, use it as like technically another retro year and just develop my skills, develop my body, develop my mind and and become an even better football player. And it definitely worked out. I came back in 2022 um, and I had a great season and I was dealing with an injury the whole season and I still managed mm -hmm. to be all conference and whatnot. And and yeah, and then obviously, you know, what happened this last season. So it all worked out in the long run, you know, just had to be a little bit patient and and put in a little bit more work, but it, it paid off. Yeah, and like I read in an article that you were set on coming back to Cortland. Why were you so determined to to get back to that spot and um, ultimately like continue your dream of playing football? Yeah, well, I always just had a. I, I love Cortland. You know, um, football program is great. We got we ended up getting Coach Fitz. He came in that 2020 season. So the 2021 season, he brought in this new offense and. And I'm watching it at home, watching all the stuff they're doing with, with who they got and all the stats and all the wins and everything. And I'm just thinking, like, damn, they're doing all this without me out there. Like, I'm just excited to get back and help out the team even more. And, 
yeah, I, I had all the trust in Coach Fitz. I, I was just watching, and I'm just like, wow, yeah, they're, they're doing some special things. And and when I come back to be alongside J.J., and then I didn't know Zach was going to be the quarterback at the time, but Zach turned out to be amazing, and Jaden in the backfield. We just ended up being really good on offense. And I knew we had that potential. When, even when I wasn't there, I knew that when I got there, I was just going to add a whole new dynamic to that offense. So that's kind of like what kept me in the right mindset to uh, go back. I remember people telling me, are oh, you going to transfer? Are you going to go D1? And I told them, nah, I'm going to, I'm going to trust the process. And, and that's what happened. Respect. Um, during that um, suspension, were you um, talking to coach Fitz? Like, did he know of you that were your teammates? Like, I can't wait to have you back. Or were you just like, I know I'm going to be able to help this team when I get back. Yeah. Well, coach Fitz knew me because he was there in 2020 when I was there. So I met him there, but he also played against me at Morrisville. So he knew what I could do. And he, he knew everything that I was going to bring to the table. And then the team, my teammates knew me still. There were some new guys that didn't know me, but my teammates, I'm sure they, they told them who I was or they, they knew who I was at some point. But, yeah, no, nah, Coach Fitz definitely knew who I was, and he was he was excited to have me back when I got there. Yeah, but let's take a quick break real quick. All right. All right, we're back. Uh, I want to talk a little Cortica, which is the rivalry between Cortland and Ithaca's football programs. The Cortica Jug has is the name given to the annual game played between the two football programs. Um, the game grew so much around your guys' campuses, around New York and nationally, that the game in 2019 actually got moved to MetLife Stadium, where you guys held a single game NCAA record attendance. So over 45,000 people that were there. Talk to me about the the rivalry with Ithaca is it like a hatred for them is it just a competitive battle let me hear more about that uh I mean it's weird because like technically we got nothing against the the guys over there but but yeah Cortland and Ithaca we 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 hate each other you know what I mean like I remember uh well we played it we played at MetLife we played at Yankee Stadium too and like we're pulling up to the stadium at Yankee Stadium and like there's a parking garage of like a bunch of Ithaca fans and they were flipping us off and stuff and then this last year when we were playing at Ithaca, there's like a long walk from the locker room to the field and we got to walk through their tailgate and just all the shit that they're saying to us and stuff. It was, it was pretty, it was pretty fun. You know, I, I like that. I like when they're, when they're talking all that trash, it just kind of fuels me up a little bit, but yeah, now nah, the, the, the rivalry and the hatred is definitely there when we're, when we're playing. Yeah. One thing I, I like about that rivalry is obviously you guys are close in distance. School's only like 20 miles apart, but, also, it's because, like, just as dominant on the football side of things as you guys, they're actually winning that series since 1959, 37 wins to 24 losses. So it's a competitive battle. And um, in your career, you were only one, one in three against them. So how did it feel getting that first win against them this, this past year? Yeah, it felt good. I had to get one. I wasn't going to go out without winning one quarter good jug. I actually got the game ball, one of the one of the game balls, so – I got that memory forever, but uh, yeah, that game. I think that game this last year was probably like the most mentally and physically tiring game I've ever played. More more than a championship or anything like that. I remember at halftime, sitting next to JJ and Jaden, and we were just all like looking at each other, like, "Man, we gotta go out for another half." Like it was just, it was a battle. They were they were a really good program, and they hit hard. They're physical. They're fast, and you got to be on your A game to beat them. And I, I luckily I got one. So, and it was my last one. So I went out with the, with the jugs. 
Yeah, and I was looking through your stats um, in those games, and I was like, dang, he never really got off against them. But this past year, you had a good one, nine receptions with a touchdown and a long kick return. So definitely yeah. respect how you how – Yeah, you... I, I always want it because I have crazy games, you know, but I never got one against them in, in the, one of the biggest games. So I wanted to make it a point to at least get in the end zone one time against them. And luckily I did this last season with a, also a big kick return. Yeah, respect. Um Transitioning into uh, this year's team, you guys obviously won a national championship, finished the year 14-1, and historic season at Cortland football. When did you know that this team was special? Um, I knew early. I knew in camp when – because the offense – I knew the offense. I knew what we had. We were dominant years before, and we we're going to be dominant again this year or the last season. And – uh it was we got transfers. We got two transfer linebackers from Nassau, Jack Whiney and J.D. Martinez. And I remember watching those two in practice, and I was just like, "Yo, these are the guys." And we also had two freshmen step up big time: Nas, Nas Gene Lubin at cornerback, and Sam Cotton, who is going to be the best football player that ever play at Corwin when he's said and done. He's he's a stud, and whoa, uh, he whoa, played whoa. safety. The best yeah, ever after me, after me, best defense. <laughs> I'll say the best defensive player because this kid is for real, but. uh yeah, and I was just looking at all the pieces like coming together on defense throughout the season. But I, I knew in camp watching th- those guys play that we had something special. Word. What makes that safety so special in your eyes? Like, why are you talking so highly about him? I mean, he came in and he was making plays in camp off off rip, and he's solid. He's built. He's a solid build. Um, we put him back there for punt return one game. Literally, his first punt return. He said, him, 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 took that to the crib and ended up getting called back on a some dumb call that was not even relevant in the play. But just seeing that, seeing some of the picks he made, some one-handed picks, some hard-hitting tackles, he's just – he's all over the field playing safety. He's he's going to be good. He ended up getting hurt. And, I mean, we won the national championship without him, and I, I thought he was our best defensive player, and we won the natty without him. So that, that says something about our defense and our coordinators and stuff. But, but yeah, he's going to be – if he stays healthy, he's going to have a really good career. Wow, that's crazy. So, like I said, I could talk all day about your career and this season, but I want to skip to the national championship and specifically one of the last drives in the game. Score 31-31 with a few minutes to go, and you catch a little swing pass that ends up um, becoming the game-winning touchdown. So talk to me about the play call, what you saw when you lined up, um, what you saw when you caught the ball, towing the sideline where you were afraid you were about to step out, and then the celebration after. Yeah, so the play call was – it was a RPL, so it's either a run or if Zach can pull the ball and pass it out to me. And uh, Zach saw that it was man coverage and the safety was running over trying to guard me. So we only needed to get like a yard or two for the first down. So he thought, just dump it off to me, I'll get the first down. And that's what I thought. I thought I was just going to get first down maybe a couple more yards but I ended up getting around him and then great blocks on the outside by JJ and Joe. And, and I just kept on running. But when I got to the end zone, I didn't even really expect to score both of my touchdowns in the natty. I thought I stepped out. I thought I stepped out in the last one and I thought my toe wasn't in, in the first one too, but it turned out I, I towed the sideline good enough. And then I got in the end zone. I didn't even really celebrate cause I thought I stepped out, but yeah, and all the guys came over and we were just, we knew it wasn't over, though. We nef- we knew that right. there was plenty of time for them to come down, and they did. So so talk to me about that experience. When you get in the end zone 
and you know it's a touchdown. You guys go up seven, 38 to 31. There's only a minute 40 left. What are you what are you thinking? Like, do you did you have faith in your defense or did you expect to go back on the field and have to go put it away again? I had faith in my defense because they were playing great all game. You know, the first half was better than the second, obviously, but all all we needed them to get was one stop. And you know, they ended up scoring quick and uh we got that stop on the two point conversion, which was it was from my view. It was kind of hard to tell because I, I, I'm looking from the far side. I can't really see, like, depth or anything. But I see him get tackled, and I hear our stands go crazy. And and at that moment, I'm just like, damn, did we just win the national championship? That was crazy. But we still had to get the onside kick and then get one first down, which all happened in beautiful fashion. So it worked yeah. out. Did, let, let's hear your honest opinion. Did you think that they should have went for two or take the extra point? It's hard to say because I know that we would have went for two if we were in that situation. But I think in that situation, that a two-time or I don't know, that head coach hasn't hadn't lost a game yet. There's a minute and some somehow change on the clock. They kicked the field goal. We got a chance to come down and score or just kick a field goal or whatever. But, I mean, if they get the two-point conversion, then they're up by one. We still got time. But if we go and get a field goal, that puts a lot of pressure on our kicker. But if I'm them, I'm definitely kicking the field goal, taking my chances in overtime and stopping us and getting in overtime. But I'm I respect them. your your point of view, but I'm I'm siding with that coach. You got offensive player of the year at quarterback. You number one team in the country. You just won a national championship last year. So I'm putting faith. I'm giving the ball to my offensive player of the year and letting him rock. But that's true. Like well, you said, I don't know if- I don't know if you know, that wasn't even their – their original play call was going to be a two-point conversion. They were going to get it. There was like a little rub route, then they were going to throw it to D'Angelo Hardy in the front of the end zone. But Coach called a timeout right before that because we got mm-hmm. – he called it like perfect timing because they snapped the ball and we got to see what they were going to do. He saw that they were going for the rub route over there, and he knew they probably weren't going to do that again. And and so, yeah, I mean, the second play call was – at that point, you might just kick the field goal. If you're, that's what you're going to Yeah, and that's a fact. That's a fact. All right, so – I only know how it feels to catch a big win in a conference game or a regular season game, but you won the national championship. What was the vibe like when you returned to campus and get back to Cortland? Um, it was, it was definitely special. You know, we had, we, we uh, had a bus from, we took a bus to the game, obviously we didn't fly, but when we got, when we crossed the New York border, we had like a police escort all the way to, the campus and when we get into town or we get into Cortland and literally the streets are lined with just people just celebrating us and just we're driving super slow and everybody's waving yelling and then we get dropped off right in front of the stadium the stadium lights are on the jumbotron of the stadium is just playing a bunch of photos from the game like all the celebration photos and they're playing like good music in the in the stadium and there's news reporters outside the bus there's there's fans there's people just everybody's just celebrating i got interviewed probably like i don't know six or seven times just in that span when i hopped off the bus and it was freezing out there so i'm out there freezing my bum off and getting interviewed (laughs) trying not to like have my teeth rattle when i'm getting interviewed because i was shivering (laughs) so much but yeah no that was that was special and then that that must have felt like some some pro stuff yeah, no, it definitely was. And it was just like the the, the joy and, and happiness in everybody's face. Like the vibes were just so high and they were so high for like the next couple of weeks, honestly. Like it, it started to calm down a little bit, which is crazy because it only happened, I think, 
two months ago, whatever. But it's yeah, it's still surreal. Yeah, nah, you gotta keep keep living that on, bro. You just won a national chip. Enjoy that for the rest <laughs> of the semester. And beyond yeah, that, I mean, I'm not even there. To, I'm not even there to like, cause I know the guys like they the guys at school. They were at uh, like a Syracuse hockey game, and they were like on the ice getting uh getting uh honored uh the Cortland hockey team honored them. Um, a couple of my teammates actually were at the Buffalo Bills game. They got honored on the that. field. You saw that Zach and, and Bicca. And uh, I think Zach was in a car commercial. That that boy's living it up right now. But uh, <laughs> he should be. I mean, he played great. But, yeah, everybody's been – yeah, it's been a good time for Cortland football players. That, that's awesome. So you finished your career in dramatic fashion. Um Great career you had. Uh, last three games, all over 100 yard receiving yards for you. Um, last two games, semifinals and national chip, 23 receptions for 279 yards and five touchdowns. Leading Cortland records with reception yards, receiving uh, receptions in total, and single season in the same categories. What are Cole's goals now? Um. My goals are just uh, I want to keep playing football. So I've been, I've been training. I got a pro day at uh, University of Buffalo, March 14th. So I'm kind of mid-training right now, trying to get my body right, trying to put on a few more pounds, run a little bit faster, jump a little bit higher. And uh, so that, that those are my current goals. And then I want to go and I want to go kill that pro day, get some get some more attention. Because, you know, it's kind of hard coming out of Division Three. I got to, like, really go and turn some heads because I'm going up against the guys from Alabama, I'm going up against everybody. You know, it's not just I'm not playing North Central anymore. I'm playing like all those SECs, uh, Big Ten. So I got to go make a name for myself, differentiate myself, and uh, show that I can play at the highest level because I know I can. So I, that's what I just got to go do. I respect that so much. What is like the main thing you think you need to develop or work on to be able to turn those heads and and get to where you want to be? <laughs> Well, I think for the pro day, the big thing for me is just I got to test with like I got to have elite numbers when I test, which I think I will. I've been working my, my tail off with my trainer. And uh, when I and then after that, say I get signed or drafted, whatever it may be, then I got to like really hone in on my receiving skills, you know, my releases, my like the technique, the little things, you know, because those guys in the NFL, they're technical, technically sound. They're fast. They 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 uh they're quick. They can read things faster. So I got to just make sure I, I hone in on those skills because you know I got the hands. I got I got the speed. I got all that stuff. And then when it gets to the NFL, everybody's got that stuff. So you got to hone in on the little things, the little tiny details. Word. And you mentioned you, you work out with your trainer. Do you have a trainer for both football and like weightlifting and and um, running or um is it different trainers? Talk to me about your trainer. Yeah, so right now for the pro day training, I'm I'm focusing mainly on uh it's honestly like the way I can describe it is I'm kind of training as like a track athlete. I'm trying to get fast and I'm trying to get explosive. So I train most of my time with his name's uh Leo in, in Latham. He uh I don't know if you know about it, it's All Star Academy. He uh trains course, people yeah. there and he, he works with me. And then I'll go to Long Island and train with uh Venucci, uh Long Island Receiver Academy. So he gets me right with the the receiving stuff, and Leo gets me right with uh with the training for the pro day. Word. How often are you traveling to Long Island for to work with the receiving? I've only gone once so far. My schedule's kind of been busy, but uh, I do. I can. He sends me some drills I do on my own, 
but uh, I plan to go back when but I got like a month until the pro day, so I want to go there at least two more times before the pro day to get some more get some more work in and and yeah. But I, I do a lot of receiver stuff on my own just because it is a long drive for me to go to Long Island. Yeah, I could talk all day, like I keep saying, all day on everything you're doing and have done, but you got other commitments to do. So we're going to end this episode with a little rapid fire and starting five edition. I'll explain later what that is, but let me know when you're ready for rapid fire. Let's do it. All right. Favorite catch in your career can be from since you started playing football to now. Favorite catch. Favorite catch. I'd say the catch, I had a one-handed catch against Hartwick this this year, which I don't even know how I made it. Um, I was kind of double covered. It was overthrew. I kind of reached out with my left, brought it in, and grabbed it with my right, and cl- uh, grasped it with both hands. But that was probably probably my best catch. I almost had a sick one-handed catch in the semifinal game, which would have gave me four tutties, and that would have been another record, and I'm still mad I didn't catch that ball. But, but you know what? I, I got a national championship, so I'll be all right with that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was watching the semifinal and obviously national chip game. You had three tutties in the first half. Like that was that was crazy. You definitely could have <laughs> did more too. Yeah, no, that's why I'm so mad. I would have had that would have gave me four tuds. I would have had over 200 yards. It would have been a would have been a crazy game in the semifinal too. So, but you know what? I'll take three. I'll take three. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and your opinion, NFL comparison. So, who do you think you are? are like in the NFL? I'd say like, I'd say like Jamar Chase. Okay. I'm not I know that's your like favorite player. We were chatting a little bit. That That's your favorite player. So I respect yeah. it. Are, are, do you watch like a lot of NFL guys tape to try to get better route skills or see what they're doing? Or are you like, how do, how do you watch film to, to get better? Yeah. Um. One thing that Vinucci sent, he sends me like huddle film of NFL breakdown like receiver skills. So that's cool. I've actually never had access to that. But before that, I would just watch my favorite players' highlights and like just see like what they would do on their in their highlights, which was kind of – it's a lot harder to do. So I'm glad I got the uh, huddle film now because I can slow it down and it's solely on the uh, – I can see the whole route and stuff. So that's better. Word. All right, last rapid-fire question. This moment might be tough. Your favorite teammate? My favorite teammate? Oh man, I'd say my favorite teammate, um, Josh Cordero. He great. He wasn't on this last team, but he he was my uh, one of my favorite teammates throughout my whole career because we came in together. So I'm gonna go with Josh Cordero. Respect, respect. So usually I'm interviewing basketball people affiliated with Division Three basketball. So we do a starting five. If they were assembling a starting five, who would it be in a certain category? So this. Obviously, it's going to be a little different with football. We're going to do your top five skilled positions that you've played with throughout your college career. So give me a quarterback, a running back, two receivers. You can count yourself if you want, and a tight end. Who Who's the, the top five you got? Top five, Zach Boyce, quarterback, running back, Jaden Alfano St. John. Wide receivers will go J.J. Lapp and Joe Idvo, and then tight end will go with – We'll go with Amari Kendrick. Respect, respect. That sounds like that's basically our team. <laughs> <laughs> that's the top. That's I mean, bro, that's the natty team. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's respect. 
But yeah. that's going to do it for another episode of Not Even D2. We appreciate you joining the show, Cole. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Have a good one. Good luck with everything. Appreciate it. You too, man. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Not Even D2. If you haven't already, make sure to go follow all the socials at Not Even D2. You can catch every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm your host, KJ Allison, and I'll see you next episode.